going on? How are you, mate? Wait, I can't. I can't hear shit. Hang on. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I'm that fucking guy again. Yeah. Hang on yeah. a second. I'm sure it's being recorded though. That it's you like can't hear yourself. Headphones. Yeah. How's there that, we mate? Go. Ah, how are you? I can't believe I can't do this already after. How many episodes? I don't know. How many have we done? This is nine. Bullshit. Impressive, isn't it? Nine? We did good. Feels like four. Yeah. How many listeners have we got now? Nine. Nine. One per week. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. It's fantastic. How you been? I love it. Yeah, good, mate. Really good. Just um, busy. Really busy. But uh, good busy, so it's uh, it's all right. How about yeah. yourself, mate? Same, same. We had a um, we had a beer launch last night at Zapickle Brisbane, and um, they organised the whole thing. Organised a stretch Hummer limo from I, the Gold Coast. I saw that. <laughs> so, on there? Yeah, those those guys are they do things differently. So it, yeah. it was a yeah, it was it was good time. But it's yeah, we're, we're having our. This week, I think, is the second biggest week we've ever had. And last week was our biggest week by a mile. Um, in what way? Just revenue-wise sales. Yeah, right. Yeah, just wholesale. Come, coming up to Christmas, mate. Yeah, well, this is something we learned last year was that when you get to supplying the majors, when there's sort of a gap between you making it and the customer getting it, yeah, it turns out that November's your biggest month, not December, because December was always yeah. our biggest month. But last year we found out the hard way that actually November is when they order all the beer. Yeah, that's right. Um, and there's always like, a, it's a pretty fixed, uh, you probably noticed this, there's a pretty fixed sort of cycle for beer sales and consumption in Australia. It's like the start of the year is, um, um, you know, sort of in January, it's sort of start of January is very quiet. And then um, ramps up into sort of around April, May, and then just dies in the ass in the winter. Mm. And then sort of September, it sort of starts to awaken again, October, November, December, it just goes crazy. Yeah. That wasn't until COVID because yeah. that was kind of the, the um, pattern. And when COVID hit, that March was a bit scary. But then if you were, if, if you were supplying bottle shops, that that whole from then on was yeah. just explosive and all through winter. And the same, and it might have just been the way it timed with us with new beer releases and things. This year was the same for us. It was just a massive amount of growth through winter. Yep. Um, but yeah. Growth it, in winter. February was the scary one. The, the, the first the first year we kind of had this business was like, oh, okay, it turns out February you don't make any money. And yeah. so you, I just live in fear of February every year. But yeah. Mm. That's because people, it's weird. People go on vacation and that sort of thing in sort of January and February. And generally what people do is they go away to the regions where there's less craft beer. Yeah. well, That's, we my, have, that's my take on it. Yeah. I, yeah, I think there's a bit of that. There's a bit of sort of um, New Year's resolutions and, you know, they kind of get their partying out of the way and then go back to work. And I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I suppose Fe- February's silly a shorter season, month too. Silly season remorse, I suppose. So yeah, February's a shorter month too. So it's it's always um, that always doesn't help as well. But yeah, yeah, we're we're as busy well, as good. ever. One of my um, one of my former students posted a photo in the um, it works for you, mate. Um, posted a photo in the um, in the Froth Rockies uh, WhatsApp 
uh, group today. He was super stoked. He did his first uh, solo brew, did a double Hornet brew at Black Ops 2. Oh, very cool. So that was pretty good. That was Brian. He's done really well. So that is awesome. Roll. Very good. Um, WhatsApp group's a good idea. Our, speaking of groups, our, our Facebook group is good, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> this week's been great. Lots of shit posting. <laughs> yeah, I, I now know what shit posting is. So there you go. That's good. There you go. That's right. Some good shit posting from myself. Uh, Lee's was a bit of a cracker. The uh, Lee's was good. the um, um, the boss and the brewer drinking game. I've got that. I've got. I'll read that one out. Actually, I've got. So Lee Lee McAllister Smiley, who um, is going to come on the show one day, isn't he? We talked about getting him on here. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, so he's put. Serious note, I've been thinking about merchandise for the show. I think merch is a cool idea. I think merch is well. a great idea. Yeah. Um, I propose a beer and brew a drinking bingo game. The first three I propose are when Hendo says, that's interesting, take a shot. <laughs> when Hendo does his laugh, chug the rest of your beer. All right. And when Dan mentions the 12 viewers, skull a beer. People are going to get really hammered really quickly. <laughs> yeah, thanks, thanks for your input, Lee. And there's some other good replies to that too. It's pretty good engagement for a group of twelve people, hey? It's it's really good, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can just imagine Lee right now. He's just drinking with two fucking hands, just going. <laughs> yeah, true. We, sh- we should do this live and and do it via the group. That would be the way have to him, do it. Have him in a little picture and picture up the top right hand yeah. corner if you're watching it on YouTube. <laughs> That would be interesting. And you're laughing. Um, all right. So you've got, so we've got the Revel guys coming on in, in a few minutes, which will be yeah. fun. Thanks yeah. for organizing that. Um, yeah. A few updates before that. You've, what do you you've got? got a, you've got a renovation beer that you've discovered. Oh, yes. Oh, I'm so By the way, This was one of the responses one. to that thing too. It's anytime you mention renovations, you have to drink. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wait, we've, getting... got a, we've got the, um, I've got a beer. The beer. What do you got? Well, I we released our red IPA today. It's called Ooh. Afterburner, our limited oh. release. Yes. And as you know, because of No Hop Vember, yes. it's also part of the drinking game. Um, yes. I can't drink it. So I've got... Can I just show us a yeah, picture of the... Show us the can. Yep. So that's the can there. That's a, gla- that's a glass of red wine. What the fuck? Well, it's a red beverage. And <laughs> um, it's from... Tasmania. Ah, so. Black Ops, Black Ops Five, hey? Yeah, Black Ops Five, Tassie. Yeah, well, I've got this uh, Wedgetail uh, Whitbeer from one of my clients in WA, Wedgetail Brewing. Uh, in whereabouts are uh, In Bouvard or Port Bouvard or something like that, just a little bit south of Perth there, nice. near Mandra. I think it's near Mandra. There was a time when I thought I knew every brewery in Australia, but it's too hard now. This glass is so fucking dirty. Oh, shit. Oh, this is a shit post waiting to happen. This is, look at this. Steal this glass. Oh, my God. That is horrendous. (laughs) I'm shit posting this right now in the group. Oh, that's really good. Holy moly. Oh, yeah. Wheat beers are really bloody underdone thing in Australia. Yeah. yeah. This is the thing that I find really strange, right, is that Aussies tend not to drink 
you know, wit beers and Hefeweizens and all that sort of stuff. But technically, Stone and Wood Pacific Ale is a wheat beer because it's got a shitload of wheat in it. Yeah, wheat beer is just not really a word, any, a thing anymore, is it? Because it was sort no. of like it used to be the word people use for like Redback, like Hefeweizen. Mm. Mm. But mm. it's, yeah, that's more about the yeast, isn't it? I'm trying to see if this, exactly. Uh, I'm just trying to see if they're going for a, um, this is really good. It's like fruity esters, a little bit of phenolic spiciness going on, a bit of coriander seeds, some orange peel. Nice beer. I think it's more like a Belgian wit I think it's going for. Very well, nice I'm, beer. I'm um, disgusted with your glass. But... Yeah. Yeah. Might be as good stuff. Look at the head retention. Flat, it's fucking so like that dirty glass. That's the <laughs> your your drink looks more like wine than mine. Does. <laughs> oh, oh, it it's fucking good. terrible, terrible. Um, I right, love so, red wine. Sorry, though. where were we? We were on the the, the oh yes, so the um, that's renovation right. Renovation update so, and then lexicon. So renovation update uh, is uh, it, things are all starting to come together now. So I've got the, got the word this afternoon that the stone bench tops will be installed next week in the kitchen, which is really, really good. Um, my paint, I've, I've painted my door frames and enamel paint can eat a fucking dick. It is the Ooh. worst shit to put on because you get brush strokes and, oh. It's is, just, that oil, is that the oil-based shit, the real shiny it's the, stuff? Yeah, it's the gloss, yeah. gloss stuff, yeah. yeah. It's, oh, it's so Honestly. hard. And, um, and so then I've got to pull out, I'm gutting the bathroom mate, uh, next weekend for the tiler to come in. I got some, I got some deliveries this week. Um, I got the floorboards delivered. So like 70 odd meters of floorboards and 30 square meters of 600 by 600 tiles for the bathroom Renault. And they all came on the same day. And uh, lo and behold, I don't own a forklift at home. And so each of the packets of, um, floorboards was 26 and a half kilos and there's like 30 of them and they had to get taken off the truck and put and stacked in the garage and then each of the tiles i think there was um about 20 22 23 packs of tiles and they were 36 kilos each whoa and um they're in the garage they've got to come up four flights of stairs so Duncan and Adzi, if you're listening, my good mates, uh, guess what we're doing on Saturday <laughs> is taking basically a ton of stuff up the stairs, literally a ton. So wow. that's not phenomenal. fun at all. Was, it, yeah, was but, the uh, driver there expecting you to have a forklift? Uh, no, no, of course not. Um, one, of them, one of them brought his own. It was like a forklift that goes on the back of a truck and then it lowers oh, yeah. itself on the road and he drove his forklift up the bloody driveway. Oh, that's, that's it's impressive. And then puts the forklift on the back of the truck, it lifts itself back up and that's called a, a, a oh, it's got a funny name. It's called a truck mounted fork truck. <laughs> okay. Right. That's, that's what they teach you when you do your ticket, when you get your forklift ticket. Right. It's a truck mounted fork truck. That's cool. Double, double the truck. And so... Um, so that's all happening. Um, what else is happening? Um, uh, lots of paint preps happening, which is just giving me the shits. You just got to get what, it right. What paint, paint color are you using there, mate? The... Well, I'm using. Um, <laughs> so as you, as you, as the, um, as our community uh, knows, that I am using the white on the walls is is going to be called, is is Dulux Lexicon half. 
which funnily enough is the same as same as the beer that Deeds Brewing have released this week called Lexicon Lager. Amazing. So I encourage all of the people in our Facebook group at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash boss and the brewer to go and get a can of Deeds Lexicon Lager. A no hop member compliant. And it is totally, well, I, I think so. I'm not really sure if it's a hoppy, hoppy lager. But anyways, um, the last Deeds Lager, can of Deeds Lager I bought was $12 for a 500. So it's better be a fucking good lager. Yeah, they don't fuck around. They don't well, miss you. Um, do you think they're one of the 12 listeners and they've just they've heard it on this podcast? And <laughs> Mate, you got to go clean your glass. That looks, <laughs> looks fucking <laughs> What's your regime? Well, we actually wrote an article about this on our blog called My Glass Washing glass. Regime. Yeah, yeah, because because we I, I see photos like that in the group and it makes my blood boil. Just chuck it in the fucking dishwasher. Yeah, true. I do the same. That's thing. it. There's I I got given some um some of this special stuff that they use in bars and that sort of thing to take all of the scale and that sort of thing off. Um, so I should probably be using that, but um, I can't. I'm lazy. It's just me here, you know. So that's fair. Chuck it. Chuck it. You're, you're letting the team down, but that's fine. Um, all right, Maddie Cuthbert is is on here. Is he? He's on here. Oh. Should we let him in? Or? Sure. Is Flex there? He's not. Uh, he can't be far away. Oh, we'll let Maddie in and see. So yeah, we've got, see got. we actually got a few questions in the group. So we've got the guys from Revel coming on because we thought it'd be fun. They got a few milestones coming we've up. We've got Maddie, Maddie Cuthbert and Maddie Flexman or Matt and Flex. Yep. And if we don't get Flex. Now Flex whatever. is coming. He's coming. Um, is it is it Parrot Dog, the brewery in New Zealand that have got all the three founders are called Matt? That's right. Yes. So these these guys are like the Aussie Parrot Dog. I didn't even realize yeah. that. Almost. There's, there's, I don't know how many mats. It's They've two gone. out of yeah, two out of three. Hello, Matthew. How are you? He's probably sorting out his uh, his camera and his microphone and he's all that doing, sort of thing. He's doing a me all the technical stuff. Well, um, oh, oh, there we go. We got oh, them both. Go. Oh, two for one. Two for one. How good. How you going, Legends? Good, mate. Hey, how are Max. you? How's it going? <clears throat> they What's are? happening? Dan, how are you, brother? How are you, mate? Good. Mate, the, the, the Mo's coming along nice. I actually, we had an event on last night and I've, I just haven't had time to shave properly, but I've had the full Tiger King going down here <laughs> in the sideburns. You yeah, can't really tell at the moment because the rest is growing out, but I look like a, I look like someone that shouldn't be allowed in a childcare centre or anywhere near it, that's for sure. <laughs> if, you, if you shave, that's going to look totally Tiger King 2, which is yeah. coming out next week. You can next probably week. shave yours. Yeah. Hey, what's that? You can probably shave yours as well and do a good moustache. I reckon I've, I look pretty... Does nothing for my heterosexuality having a mustache <laughs> like Dan's? Well, that's yeah. a question, anyway, isn't it? <laughs> Boys coming in Thanks. hot, Hendo. Oh yeah. By the way, have a look at this beer Hendo's drinking out of this glass. He, it would yeah, be like a this. beer tasting thing. It oh, looks yeah. like detergent. Yeah. yeah, but it's not. It's not the beer's fault. It's my glass. It's, I know. It's I know. Really it's not the dirty glass. I'm, I know. I'm sure it's a great beer. It's, it's your oh, fault. You're letting the team down. Have you got? A, have you guys got beers? Yes. Yeah. What have you got? Strawberries and cream. Oh, yeah, nice. I've got this new one coming Real out. Real shit one. Oh, I know that beer. Old IPA. 
What's Show it called? Again. I, 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 all I can see is Hendo. Shit. Yeah, you got to talk so the camera you goes talk to so you, Matty. Come up on the oh, right. Can you see it? Yep. It's it's the Nemesis Cold IPA. Oh, what's that logo there? It's um like next to the next to the um the big blue like phoenix looking thing. Oh, that's the birthday beer logo. So this one's number three or four. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean below the Revel Brewing logo there. Oh, that's the Rockstar Brewer logo. Ah, oh, is that a beer? Is oh. that the beer that we made together? You had to ask that question four times. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to be subtle. Fuck. I don't know if you're taking the piss. Are <laughs> <laughs> they prescription glasses or just for, for show? Yeah. They they work. They work. Oh yeah. <laughs> Unlike your dishwashing device. Yeah, that's right. How's it uh, tasting, Matty? I'll let you know very shortly, mate. Give us oh. a little. Give us a little one sip. Everyone knows the rules. Review. I was tasting all right when we canned it. That's a nice glass you got there too. Tulip. Nice and bulbous. It's tasting good. Is it hopsy? It's a little bit hopsy. It's not no hop vember compliant, but that's all right. Uh, that's why you're not getting any. You guys are actually responsible for my me giving up on no hop vember because I went to your opening and then I had to drink all your fucking epic hoppy beers. <laughs> I mean, that's what's, okay. What's no hop vember? Doesn't sound very fun. It's not. It's not fun. We're, well, I was I was doing a thing where I'm not going to have hoppy beers in November because to kind of reset everything and just gain a new appreciation for it because I just feel like I'm. I feel like we're too spoiled. Like you just, you, you taste a beer, it's two days old, it's full of hops, it tastes amazing and you just, you just get desensitized to it. Yep. Dan, mm. Dan had his lupulin threshold shift mm. and, yes. and no matter how hoppy the beer, he couldn't get hops. So it was a bit, become a bit of addiction. So I said to him, you need to have a month off the hops so you can appreciate them again. And so no hop November was born. And uh, yeah, he fucked it up. Like, I fucked it up badly. Two days. <laughs> two days. <laughs> well, what a better place to go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I was no, saying to Henry before we released a red IPA today, but I can't drink it, so now I've just got red wine. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I mean, it's not not that bad. It's pretty good. All right, so we, we don't have a plan for this, Hendo, but what do we do here? We've, we've never interviewed a brewery kind of duo before. No. Not, How do we not approach this? Once, this is the first time we've had two guests on it at the mm. same time. It's amazing. Yeah, that's right. We've got we've got some questions from our gigantic <laughs> Facebook group of twelve people, but um, <laughs> did see that. Why don't we start with Why don't we start with how you guys started? Because you got a birthday coming up. What? How did it start back when when you first got things going? Yeah, so um, we started in. Wow, well, we started many years before we actually opened the door, as you would, as you know, Dan, um, doing a lot of uh, research and, and development and understanding the market and where to, where to go. But we uh, threw our doors open um, in, what was it the 14th of December, 13th, 14th of December, 2017, <clears throat> down at Oxford Street, that little 15 heck brew system in our little pizzeria down there um and yeah so it's basically uh, myself jay uh and a handful of other shareholders that started um that little engine down there uh and then obviously we've we've grown into our next next chapter and and bought on um 
a handful of other uh, investors to, to bridge that gap. Um, and yeah, that's kind of how, how it all started. We really wanted to kind of bring beer back to Belimba mm. from 1882, the Eagle Brewery at Belimba Reach um, started up. So uh, it has a really nice kind of essence around um, the Belimba and beer and also Belimba Goldtop also. Uh, so yeah, so we just tried to um, recreate some heritage and linkage um, through that process also um, and into our next phase um, at the new brewery, um, as we'll probably talk about a little later. Um, but yeah, that's kind of kind of it all, a bit more than three mates uh, <laughs> at, the, at the start. Um, there, was, there was six of us, so... <clears throat> But uh, yeah, no, we all got together and, and gave it a crack. Didn't pretend that uh, we, we knew everything. So that's the reason why we, we got Matty on board at the start um, to brew the fantastic beers he does um, also. And we did as much as we possibly could with the, with the company um, to facilitate swinging the doors open then and, and growing it to where it is now. So Yeah, nice. And the, I think there's the second brewery I, I can ever remember, oh, craft brewery I can ever remember going to is the uh, Oxford 152 in Bulimba. Yeah. Which was probably, fuck, I don't know how long ago that was. But that, I think it was Brennan from Burley Bre- Brewing, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. It was funny. I think it was our first BrewCon that we were, that we were at. We, uh, we spoke to him down there and he's, he basically said, well, his lovely wife wanted to come back to Australia and he wanted to open a brewery <laughs> in, in Hawaii. And so they came to a compromise. Um, yeah. So they come back here and, and opened it in the uh, Oxford 152 as it starts now. But um, yeah, what a what a great journey that was as well. What happened to that? Uh, I think it was a bit before its time, and I think mm. it kind of wasn't the, yeah the area and everything like that wasn't really ready for it. So it kind of just I think the ALM and everything like that just kind of cannibalized it and mm. eventually got rid of it and <clears throat> did what they did. Yeah. There was another one. What there was another one. The first one I can remember going to was called Aurora's in the city, which was quite a few years before. Um, like a dodgy nightclub. Yeah. It, it does like a dodgy <laughs> nightclub. Very dodgy. <laughs> but, um, and that one closed down as well. There, like these things were happening before now. Before they were cool. Yeah. Mm. So, but yeah, no, it's it's absolutely exploded over the last uh, five years at least when we joined. We we joined in. Um, Who was around in 2017? You had the kind of Newsteads and Green Beacons and yeah, Newsteads and Green Beacons and things like that. And you guys were um, starting to hit your straps as well uh, through through that time. Um, but yeah, it's just yeah, across the river was the main kind of kind of guys that were kicking along. I think um, Ether was just starting. Well, yeah, they're fifth, year fifth old, year. I think. Their fifth year this year, yeah. so they're about mm-hmm. a year old as well. Yeah. So yeah, around that time, just um, a lot of a lot of cool cool breweries that have really um, kind of lasted the the test of time um, and have come to what they are now. Some really mm. fantastic, fantastic. Did you when you guys started? Did you think you were early, or did you think you were kind of late? <clears throat> um, I think we were probably. I don't know if we really looked into it that much. I think it was it was an opportunity that just came over that period of time. We probably would have launched maybe a year earlier if it wasn't for a myriad of things of DAs and all the processes and everything like that trying to to get us to that point. Um, but I don't think we really were like well, if thought that we were early or I think it was just a 
a really nice time in the market where mm. um, some people had been leading the market for three, four, five years. Um, and then you could actually see that kind of um, uptake in the community and everything like that of what actual craft beer indie stuff was. Uh, and then I guess from then to now, uh, we've just seen a, a massive explosion in, in that side. Yeah. Of, as yeah. Well. And, and you weren't always called Rebel, were you? No, we originally um, swung the doors open. Well, not really. A week before, um, we were Malt Brewing Co. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So we did that, but then got a little letter from the the line Nathan. The Malt Shovel. The Malt Shovel. You didn't um, like that? They didn't <laughs> like that. Not at all. Um, but we built a really good relationship with them, actually, um, with a couple of their like lawyers and IP and everything like that. Um, and they kind of took us down the journey of, of how the IP and how kind of people may construe it and, and all this type of stuff and helped us um, come out the other side with a better understanding also and um, did a lot for us in relation to helping um, do searches and guide us in certain directions of, of uh, kind of naming and everything like that. And we yeah. kind of, uh, I think we went through about 150 names from this like one week period. What? Yeah, we just sat down and brainstormed and had all types of bits and pieces and things going on and, and crazy stuff. Um, and then we kind of just came to uh, Revel uh, as from kind of a Kings of Leon song of revelry. And um, mm. we were like, well, what's what's this kind of mean to us and and how can we kind of have this name that's going to transcend uh generations and um ages and, and all this type of stuff as well so uh we kind of came to the rebel as um the definition in itself is to enjoy oneself in a lively fashion whilst drinking and dancing that sounds a lot like bolter when you describe it like that kind of yeah. <laughs> just on the other side of the fence though yeah. <laughs> um so yeah so we kind of just that was the that was a kind of an essence behind it so people could actually get a hold of it instead of just a ingredient mm, a, it's a much better it's such a good amazing. brand 150 alternative names do you remember any of the shit ones Oh man, it went. 20. Yeah, there was, there was. Ugh, I cannot remember it. I probably got a photo um, with um, post-it notes on walls, like different, different categories, different sentiments behind things, and and all this kind of stuff. So, yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, it's just it kind of eventually. Like we left, we left that brainstorming just absolutely dumbfounded and and had no direction and then just three or four days of of mulling around and and things like that certain things popped up and people started talking and um yeah it kind of came to came to that and then we were like yeah that's pretty pretty cool i think it's a great brand i, I just love a oh. good brand that's just simple and you can just say it i always think it's important to just be able to say it in a conversation yeah and i think like I guess in hindsight, it's a it's a much better brand than malt brewing. Oh man, like yeah, absolutely. We sat back and went, man, if we went down that path, mm. it would have it wouldn't have had the same the same kind of staying power and penetration, I, I believe. Um yeah. as we do now. And with the with the spark, it's kind of we set that around um the start of something and growing into something. Oh, there's a spark. Um and 
that is growing through our, our branding as we move away from certain elements of the original design just to put full focus on um, the actual spark itself and let that stand out. And if people understand that spark without anything around it, then mm. we've done our job. Mm. You know, yeah, absolutely. It's nice so though. Nathan were nice about it. <clears throat> uh, we were very surprised. Uh, we thought they were going to be a bit of dicks, but we sat back and had a conversation with them. They were on a journey with another couple of uh, couple of breweries that um, did have some um, issues with them, <clears throat> and they were being the total opposite to us. So they was one called Malt Shed. Malt Shed, yeah. yeah. And then they went through the whole entire court process with them. Um, and I think. I think. Yeah. And yeah. so you basically, when they, when they, when they sort of, when the lawyers sort of rang you up or post you a letter or something like that, and mm. you just went, oh fuck, we're just, we're literally picking, picking a picking a battle you can't win. Exactly, like we literally were opening the week after the letter, and we just ordered the signs, but hadn't paid for anything yet. Oh, so shit. it signed up on everything, and literally that day we're like, stop everything. <laughs> <laughs> so we opened with absolutely zero. <laughs> branding or anything like that for probably about four to six weeks i think yeah. um it was fun going out trying to sell beer and they're like what's your brewery called like, uh, <laughs> we don't have a name well, so. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, it's coming it's coming yeah that beer's good though and uh oh man wasn't that sometimes like we me and maddie was ba- basically just running around with squealers um <laughs> just going to venues just <laughs> going through the motions and, and everything uh, like that so I'd probably say from like the, the lion lawyer's perspective and that sort of thing, because you sort of chose from the outset not to really fight it and that sort of thing that, that, that from, you know, it's all about get, you know, for, for a big company like lion, it's about getting everything done on the cheap. And I think it's probably would have been cheaper for lion to pay their lawyers to help you than to pay their lawyers to battle you in court. Yep. Yep. So definitely. I mean, it's a pretty, it's a pretty good, good story there. Either. Yeah. Well, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. It's also probably like people forget that in, inside these big companies is that it's just full of good people too. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. you kind of you pick the enemy as the big brewers, but it, it's just a, it's just a company with people working in it who are also good people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So Matty, what was your, your background before getting involved? Uh, um, before I come to Brisbane, I was working at a brewery in Sydney, Rocks Brewing. Oh, yeah. So spent about four years working there. Um, but prior to that, I'm a Geelong boy. What are you laughing at, Hendo? Because <laughs> oh, I just remember all the times I go go to Sydney and visit Matty and crash at his house. And... Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. So I started off, um, actually went to Ballarat Uni back in the day. And was one of the first to graduate from the brewing course at the time. Oh, that's um, cool. And then worked at Southern Bay Brewery, which is where I later on met Hendo. Yeah. That was <clears> a good <throat> 10 years ago, so I think. Throw up, throw up some photos. It's 10 years, uh, 10 years coming up in a couple of months, mate. Yeah. So I've got a, I've got a few pics of Hendo doing some actual work back in the day. Did you have yeah. hair? Wielding a shovel. <laughs> yeah, it's got hair all over my chest, mate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I was, I was at Southern Bay that almost predated craft beer in Victoria, to be honest. Mm. When did you, what year did you start at Southern Bay? Uh, 2003, four? Might have been four, 2004. Wow. No, hang on. That's when I graduated uni. 2005 would have started. Yeah, so, that, I mean, that's that was nothing happening in 
Queensland, that's for sure. What, no, what, what, mm. what were the sort of early craft breweries in Melbourne of the current sort of crop? Well, you I guess like Moondog and... Yeah, Moondog would have been there. There wasn't many, like, I remember brewing... Mountain Goat. Mountain Goat. Mountain Goat. Oh, Mountain Goat, yeah. The first ever Two Birds beer came out of Southern Bay. Yep, Hendo so mentioned that. Boat Rocker Brewery, they started at Southern Bay. Oh. Um, but in terms of what was already there, Prickly Moses down in the Otways. That's where I used to work. Yeah, where Hendo was with Luke. Luke, yeah. Um, oh, Holgate, they were around. Mm. Um, yeah, there wasn't many, though. So, and then obviously the bigger ones that ended up getting sort of slowed up, like Matilda Bay, that sort of mm. that sort of stuff. It was pretty early. And then more and more sort of started to kick off. Um, back in those days, a lot of it was so expensive to sort of buy the brewing kit. So, a lot yeah. of would use a brewery like Southern Bay to start off as a contract brewery. Um, and then brew a batch and try and launch it like that. Whereas it's, it's sort of changed now. Most brewers sort of start up a little brewery with a tap room. That's sort of how they get their start. I think the contract or gypsy brewing has sort of slowed down compared to what it was. Yeah, and the, the equipment's it's a bit more known now. I know when we started, like we just, we got on Google, we couldn't find anything. We had yeah. no idea how to buy equipment. Like Gus was literally just on Alibaba sending us messages yeah. late at night being like, is this company legit? We're like, I don't fucking know. <laughs> Who knows? It's going to get back from China yeah. or wherever it's coming from. Yeah. Yeah. It's different. Yeah. That was the real early days. And then I worked there long enough to get long service leave. Wow. So I think I left and um, I was about 26 or seven. Went tra traveling around Europe, did the whole Europe thing, and then had a little bit of a break from brewing. Um, then worked at a little bar, little craft beer bar just out of Geelong, out in Mount Dunedin. So I worked there for about a year, and that's actually where I met my wife, Emma. She was my boss. <laughs> Continues to be. <laughs> <laughs> she mustn't have heard that. She's in the background. No one should say to me. That was good. Oh, no. <laughs> she's, she's oh shit. I've <laughs> oh, fucking done it now, mate. Where are you guys? I went to see my lounge room. Right. Okay. All right. We'll try to keep the swearing down, Hendo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so after that I was there as the brewer but I ended up just being a glorified barman for about a year and could wait was it a brewery no it wasn't we no. did maybe wait, wait, just say that again you were there <laughs> you were there as a brewer and the plan was to put a little brewery in but it didn't oh I see but, um, so we did we did develop a beer which actually became quite popular in the area it was called the um, Calypso Pale Ale. It actually went quite all right. Nice. Um, that, beer was, that beer was banging, man. Good back in the day. So we brewed mm. that, uh, I think, Prickly Moses was the first batch. Um, then we did a batch or two at Cavalier with Hendo. Yeah, Cavalier was a name I was going to mention because they were kind of yeah, doing the thing they back were then. Early, and then they put a brewery in sort of uh, the suburbs of Melbourne. Mm. Yeah, like, Derriment. Derriment. Yeah, pretty, <laughs> pretty industrial sort of area of Melbourne. <laughs> Um, oh, yeah. They hosted a whole heap of different contract brewers, and you were brewing out there, weren't you, Hendo? Yeah, yeah. So I owned a couple of tanks in there, and mm. so did um, Kaiju, Kaiju and yeah. Killer Sprocket, and um, lots of lots of brands. Really, was an, was a real incubator for mm. um, a lot of brands. Cavalier, you know, and oh, um, um, it was uh, it was interesting times, but um. um Hard work at Cavalier, but yeah, you know. Did you, Maddie? Did you have any any sentimental feelings when the Southern Bay 
got shut down or not? Not really. Oh, it's to be honest, I think the writing was on the wall for a fair while. Um, I'm surprised they actually lasted this long. Mm. They just, yeah, just kept happening as it went on more and more sort of shit go wrong. It was a very old brewery. Yeah. Um, mm. If you ever went there, you just wouldn't fathom that that's how you'd make beer compared wow. to seeing a modern brewery. Mm. Uh, yeah. Tanks that were the wrong shape. You used to have to get inside them to clean them, like all sorts of OH&S issues. <laughs> Jesus. Um, the bottling the- line was, was oh, yeah. like a, the bottling line was like 60 or 70 years old when yeah, it was an old when, um, soft drink filler the bottling machine yeah. quick though like 40 head filler i think it pumped out 160 about, a minute 160, 160 bottles a minute. <laughs> <laughs> which is not bad wow it's a lot quicker yeah. than current canning line runs yeah you'd save some money on canning stuff yeah <laughs> yeah I had this um beast of a pasteurizer that was probably the size of a tennis court <laughs> <laughs> it was massive, and that and it was loud. Oh, yeah. Remember how loud it was? I had this bed that would go, and then go back and go, and make this awful noise to pick up the bottles and slide them forward. Wow. <laughs> it was horrendous, but yeah, it did the job. <laughs> oh man, we got up to some shit when that yeah. when when we were working together there. It was so much fun. But yeah, dropping was... dropping pallets of. Remember that time I dropped? I was driving the forklift, and I was just like driving the forklift, unloading a B double of of glass. Um, bottles mm. um, just there must have been like 50 or 60 pallets of glass and I decided that day that I was only going to make left turns on the forklift <laughs> and so and so um, so when I got to the um, to, to off drive into the where the bottles were stored and you actually had to make a right turn to turn in to park the um, pallet of glass but I wasn't having any of that so I did a 270 degree left turn and went quite fast and that and tore the plastic shrink wrap around the pallet and dropped 1100 stubbies all over the floor and it was loud like it that like it was 50 meters across the other side of the of building where the brew house was yeah and people would just run over go what happened what happened it's like oh yeah hendo's been a fuckhead again and you blame so- <laughs> their equipment for them going out of business yeah <laughs> yeah it sounds like staff problems <laughs> oh look it was a very uh Relaxed attitude, Matty. What do you reckon, mate? Yeah, well, I went through lots of different stages. Yeah, <laughs> its life cycle. Um, <laughs> obviously, the equipment was dated, but we actually made some pretty good beers out of there at times. A couple of gold medal beers at the ABA's mm. out of there. Yeah, which was pretty like good. the bro- boat rocker hot beer. That was yeah, amazing. That was awesome. I don't know how they brewed a gold medal lager with those tanks, but anyway, it's amazing. It was a good, Stuff. very good place to learn because pretty much anything that could go wrong did. Like yeah. And, so and if you can make if you can make good beer on a on a brewery like that, you can make good beer anywhere. Eh? Absolutely, it's, it's it was just such a challenge. I would probably take it for granted how much easier it is with the, mm. but yeah, but um, oh, so many um different breweries as I said before, and different brewers have cycled through there. A lot of good brewers have come out of there. Yeah, yeah, just there and gone on to do good things. So yeah. I guess That's there is very a bit- cool. Um, the hand, I, I mean, we want to get into the the new site, the Rivermakers site. But do you have any yeah. more questions about the early days? I just wanted to ask how how Maddie wound up finding um, the crew at River. Um, That's a good question. We, as I said, we're living in Sydney for three or four years. Um, Emma and I are both good country folks, so while we enjoyed our time there, we both sort of got sick of living in the city. Um, Hendo, you crashed at our place a few times with um, various friends and <laughs> whoever else might have been there. <laughs> so we're living in a tiny little apartment in Marrickville. It's like basically a concrete box. 
no, it was good and homely, but <laughs> we got to the point where we decided, I sort of thought, what are we going to do now? Um, and we'd recently been up to Queensland. Michael lives on the Sunshine Coast at a hold. I'm like, oh, it's so nice up here. So I sort of thought, oh, rather than move back to Victoria, where we're from, why don't we explore moving up north? Um, and then just started looking for jobs. And I was keen to, rather than go somewhere that had already sort of been established and do what, make other people's beers and that sort of thing, just keen to go somewhere new that was starting <clears> off. Um, so at the time, there was about three jobs going up here. Well, there's a few breweries starting, as we mentioned. Mm -hmm. So there's Revel, Helios, and then another brewery in Noosa. So I applied for three jobs and got all three of them, <laughs> <laughs> which is good. So. Yeah. Wait, were you working as a brewer in Sydney? Yeah, that's what I was doing in Sydney. I was like, a, well, I'll become the head brewer eventually. Um, yeah, so sort of thought, oh, let's do this. And then met the boys. So I first spoke to them like this in a Zoom meeting. Well, it would have been something different at that would time. Would have been Skype yeah. probably. Skype, Skype or something. MySpace. And then actually flew up and met them all and we had a bit of a barbie. Um, couple, I think we had a couple of red wines. Very cool. Mate, I think we had a couple of everything. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> well yeah. after that dinner. Actually, after that dinner, I don't know how I ended up working for him, but... <laughs> Go on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's... Actually, the first time I ever met them properly was um, BrewCon down in Adelaide. Oh, that's right. So as you do at BrewCon, it turns into a bit of a, almost like a festival catching up with all the brewers. Straight mm, yeah. Up. Oh, yeah. wasn't it when you won the trophy? No, it was the night before. Was it? So night before. Of course, we'd had a few beers over the journey. So it was a bit dusty when I first met them. Right. Yeah. Nice. And what was, the, what was the main deciding factor to go with Revel over the other two? Um, we sort of had a look at the location, wanted mm. to live and work somewhere sort of central. So being in Boolimba, um, obviously I didn't really know Brisbane at all, but it sort of looked like it was um, central, I guess. We ended up living in Newstead, so sort of in the guts of everything happening. That's where um, I used to live. That's where I used to go to Boolimba because you could just get the ferry across. Yeah. It's so cool. So Helios was a bit out of town. That's sort of out in Rongapilly. Mm. Um, and at the time, as I said, Revel was a bit of a blank canvas. They had a bit of an idea for what sort of beers and that they wanted, like style-wise, but it was sort of all up to me. Whereas um, Helios, um, a couple of home brewers were involved and wanted to be, be the brewer. So they already had about eight or ten recipes written. Yeah. So that was that was made a big, um, I guess, factor in my decision to get to sort of create the beers from scratch rather than recreating someone's home brew. Yeah. Which is all, mm -hmm. Which has become great. Their brew is great, but yeah, that was sort of part of the reason. Have you seen Flex Homebrew? <coughs> Flex Homebrew, I have. He's yeah. not good at it. Terrible. Have you considered getting one of these? Well, I mean, yeah. if they're given to you, I reckon I could get one. <laughs> oh. Just don't start talking about dry hopping. No, <laughs> I stole mine from someone who actually does do legitimate work. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, um, oh, yeah. I, I didn't really know too much about craft beer coming into all this whole stuff. And I've probably annoyed Matty um, to the nth degree over the last five years of just sucking the information out and looking over his, his shoulder and um, coming in with kind of blinkers on um, and going through the process of the whole entire brewing cycle from, from grain to glass um, with all these different elements. It's like, how much do you want, want to go down a rabbit hole to understand mm. the process? Um, and it just it's, a, it's a lot of it's a lot of fun just ask dan mm. yeah. 
I've never met anyone that drinks steins of Bundy rum until I met Flex. Oh, yeah. Is that right? Oh, yeah. Shit. Um, so what's what's your role, Flex, uh, in, within Rebel now, mate? Um, so I... Well, I started as basically everything, sales, delivery, logistics, all that type of stuff. And then as the company grew, um, I kind of went back to more of the sales side of things um, mm -hmm. from where my background um, has been. Um, so now I'm the sales manager and I've got um, three great reps under me, Scotty, Brent and Joz. So we cover, cover from Sunshine Coast down to the Northern Rivers now. So um, wow. that's my main focus and uh, growing those guys, growing into those territories and um, yeah, just giving everyone a bit of revelry. <laughs> how, how does the, how many people do you have now at Rebel? Um, what do we got? <clears throat> I would say we're cl close to 40. Yeah. And like how did you have, do you have like a proper kind of org structure and things and. Yeah. To a certain degree, <clears throat> we have a pretty flat organizational structure. Yeah. Um, a few key kind of guys in the head positions and then we've got the hospitality side as well which is a which is a large uh, component um yeah. as you know uh so we kind they kind of sit side by side and and filter down from there but we usually run a pretty pretty flat structure um everyone kind of has access to everyone yeah uh, for, for all their needs and and things like that so Nice. And, and um, so the new site, I know it's probably not new to you guys because I know you've been there for a long time and, and you're probably planning it forever, but it's new to customers coming in for a beer. So so how yeah. did all that, obviously you, you, you outgrew Belimba pretty quickly and you started looking around at growth opportunities? Um, well, we kind of didn't. Um, so Hendo, what? it was you the first, <clears throat> that was the first kind of point of contact in this whole entire... In, uh, stories so um looking at hendo it looks like he doesn't know this <laughs> no, I, I, I know the story i'm trying to act surprised yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's a better actor than he is at cleaning his glasses yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> um so the developers um bmi uh those guys were uh acquired this site and they were looking to create um a bit of an artisan precinct um similar similar kind of things to kind of the um, grounds of Alexandria down in Sydney. Mm. And, um, and they were looking for a brewery to be one of the main tenancies in there. Um, so as the rock star brewer is, everyone kind of knows him and uh, found the found his number and, and spoke to him and just- Look at his pose right now as well. Oh, no, he's enjoying he's, this. He's acting pretty cool. He's enjoying yeah, this. <laughs> um and i think yeah i think they were just asking what, what kind of who who was around and and who they should um have a talk to and, and hendo kind of put them on the put them on the road to say well we're just down the road um we got uh I, I believe we had some pretty good beers and everything like that going at that time and um the conversation was kind of struck up from there so um yeah we just had a kind of brief conversation i think it was oh, in it would have been 2000 and early 2019 i think it was yeah um yeah, so like, like realistically we're only just over a year or so into it we weren't really thinking about expanding at right. that stage we were looking to hit that um that max capacity of that um 
the first 200,000 liters and then, and then grow from there. Yeah. Um, but we definitely did have a trajectory that we were going to hit that probably in the next eight to 12 months um, on that side of things. So we did start having that conversation and I, well, my, my background is, is in also construction um, also. So they were kind of like, well, we're going to open this in the next six months. So can you get your brewery ready and let's go? And we're like, whoa, okay. Um, <laughs> uh, sure. Well, so just put one out of my pocket. Ask, <laughs> ask a question about that. So were you, why were you interested in the opportunity if you weren't looking to expand? Was it more about the, like you saw what they were doing you're like, oh, fuck yeah, I want to be part of that. Yeah, it's, it was just looking at the whole entire precinct itself and what their vision was for it. Um, in our original business plan, um, our next expansion was going to go and uh, reinvigorate a heritage listed building. Um, and we kind of looked at the Belimba barracks um, that were up for sale and redevelopment um, at that time. Um, but the now that the town planning and everything has come out, um, over the last couple of years, uh, from that side of things, it wasn't going to facilitate a large enough brewery for us to expand into. Whereas this this brewery, this this site here was um, heavy impact. Um, yeah. as well. oh, yeah. so we could move straight in there and and do what we did uh, on that side of things. So um, yeah, so it, it kind of all blends into our original business plan. Um, and like I said, bringing brewery, brewing back to Belimba and then moving on to a heritage listed building as well. Um, and this, just a great history uh, around that building in Australian, um, Australian kind of culture and, um, and Brisbane also. So originally I think in the, it was around the early, well, kind of, early early 1900s where um the australian government decided after world war one that we needed to uh, arm ourselves uh, instead of purchasing arms and relying on other countries so they started a armaments factory in melbourne and they got um a gentleman debavi uh, who was a microbiologist, was it? I think so. Microbiologist and brewer. And brewer, yeah. <laughs> so, and he started the Swan. It was a Belgian guy. Belgian guy, yeah. And he started the um, the Swan Brewery, also the Carlton Brewery. Um, yeah, right. As well. So, they commissioned uh, Debavi to basically create a brewery in this building. And what they were going to be doing was getting... Uh, molasses from central and north Queensland and spreading the risk profile if anything came to Australia um, across the east east coast so from there it was basically they brewed a an eight percent wash yep um from from molasses um and then there was a acidifier house uh next to it next to the building that we're actually in where low and slow is that was the actual acidifier house um and so they tipped this alcoholic wash on the ground and added certain minerals and chemicals and bits and pieces. And um, it created acetate of lime, uh, which basically became a solid white brick powdery type of substance. And they crushed that up, sent it down to the armaments <clears throat> in Melbourne. And um, it went into all the ammunition for, for World War One and, and continuing on after that. I'm oh, well, so confused. What, what, wow. what is it? 
So, what is the like? Is it like gunpowder? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I think it was like a a, a mechanism <clears throat> that went into the firing pins or something like wow. that. So it's a calcium. Okay, it says here it's a calcium salt of acetic acid. Yeah. So so, it, so they're they're brewing it just for that purpose. They, yeah. So that was that's what they they did to start it off with, and um, then they added a towards the end of its life on that side of things, they added a um, distillery section to it, which is what um, Bavay Distillery is now on site, if you go there. Mm. Um, and then they used to make ethanol and everything like that to run the the postmaster's vehicles, um, motor bikes and, and all that type of bits and pieces. What? That's so cool. And then it was, I think it was an, an army base, an army mechanics base and a naval mechanics base. I think the U.S. Navy was there, and we've got some beautiful murals in the um, in the actual brew house at a heritage listed. Wow! Uh, there from um, from when they they took residence in the, in that place, and I think it was about the nineteen sixties, nineteen sixties, nineteen seventies. It came to be a immigration center for Europe, um, for for Australia and Brisbane. So about 300,000 immigrants came through there um, during, I think, about 15, 15 to 20 years. Um, and then from there, one of the residents, which was um, gentleman um, Hans, so Hans Smallgoods, mm-hmm. uh, he was he came through through there and then he left that first, that facility. Um, started his little Hans small goods factory across the river in Eagle farm. And then eventually the site came up um, from the federal government. I'm not too sure it was for sale or, or if it was going to be, or if it was rented, but he moved his whole entire small goods factory back into the buildings that he came through um, as an immigrant and basically created Hans small goods factory there until about the mid, mid two thousands and then moved it off to, uh, wake hole in a nice new shiny facility lay dormant for a handful of years uh and then the developers picked it up in around about 2013 2014 um and then started the process of of redeveloping that whole entire site so um amazing journey um mm-hmm. and it kind of once we started looking into that to go back to that question of, of how we started it's it really ticked all the boxes in relation to where we had uh, lined up our business plan and where we wanted to be um, in in the five years um, that we from when, from when we opened and like we've accomplished pretty much everything we set out to do now so mm. which is fantastic and it's very rare also yeah that's, a, that's an amazing story hey because I, re- I remember I got that yeah. phone call from the property developer <clears throat> and he originally wanted to speak to uh, Krista Magalo as a brewer who brewed for me down in the brownstone brewery in melbourne he goes oh can we, can we talk to him about building a brewery i'm like why do you want to talk to him he's like he lives in melbourne you know and they and they sort of explained uh the site which i had no idea because i don't know murray or that sort of thing but i i, I know where murray is obviously but then um morning said, side, oh, morning side morning side sorry um it's important and uh, I see, that's how good i am that's, how, that's, how, that's that's my that's my geographic uh, right. geographic little distortion going on. Anyway, so um, and I and I said, oh, morning cider, yeah, cool. You should probably talk to the uh, to the Revel guys. And the reason why I sort of said to talk to you guys was 
I was like, oh, I love what these guys are doing. I don't want them to have any competition too close. <laughs> give them the, give them first dibs at it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's how that's how that's how they ended up getting in touch with you guys. So yeah, it's so cool that, what Brisbane has done. Like like it's just crazy to think the site because that it's such a fucking epic site. Like I, I was blown beautiful. away when I went there. Yeah, it's so crazy to think that because I grew up in Brisbane. Um, all these sites like like that and like the you know the felons the uh, wharf whatever whatever that's called down there. How it's Smith Wharf. Even even Southbank was like that back in the day. Like it was all just industrial and unused um, before Expo. Yep. And then it, it's still continuing. Like it's all these sites, just magically a place that no one ever knew was even there. It's yep. this epic location that was obviously just sitting there as a factory for years and years and years. I didn't even know. Mm. I grew up in the area as well, like from Can- in Cannon Hill and things like that. And I didn't even know that that factory was there when it came up and, and talking to the community a huge how could you miss it there's a big giant fucking smokestack <laughs> there was a massive hill in front of that <laughs> what that had disappeared that's disappeared are you shit me or no really yeah what happened to the oh, hill shit. yeah it got flattened <laughs> wow. okay. yeah that makes no sense they <laughs> <laughs> created it flat flat industrial space I, I know that they can flatten hills and that sort of yeah. thing but that must have been a bloody big hill to miss a bloody big smokestack like that it, it yeah. was it was quite yeah. quite large yeah. that's good are you guys stoked to finally so so there was there was getting the kind of deal and then making it all happen you've been brewing there for a while are you kind of stoked to have it open and, and what's that process been like because i know there was some kind of bottlenecks and whatnot uh, yeah, definitely. Um, so we kind of, um, well, I mean, I mean, we, we launched into it and we kind of took the risk on because we knew where we were going to be in X amount of X amount of months. So we took that risk on and dumped a whole lot of money um, on a new brewery and everything like that. And that was in February, 2020. Oh, yeah nice (laughs) (laughs) and then we all know what happened in march Mm. Um, (laughs) so we just basically just picked ourselves up on the floor and said fuck it let's keep going um because we're gonna need it anyway so we'll just keep pushing ahead and that's what we did so had Um, you spent have you kind of had the finance and shit sorted by then and you had the stuff and yeah yeah it was basically turn the key and ready to go and we would just start the process then put on all the orders and everything like that it was just kind of the formalities coming along along that path from what did you what did you guys think when all that happened like did you just think we're fucked yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah definitely definitely um yeah it was a very it was a real hard it was a real hard time i think it was really hard for for everyone um in relation to that because it's never happened before and people didn't know how to react um or, or anything like that they didn't know how long it was going to last for um it was just this massive confusion mm. um but we did you think about not kind of not going ahead or was that not really an option um it we definitely did um but we thought that with that site and the opportunity um that that would present to us and what we believed our brand was and what we actually wanted to bring back to Brisbane and the brewing community 
um, it would be very remiss of us not to try and push forward in that. Um, again, like I said, we needed to do it. Um, we would have been held back at the gates and we possibly would have lost that site and we would be brewing in an industrial estate, mm. um, which didn't fit with what we believed we would be doing. And so, did you have um, did you have invest, investors coming in at that time? Yeah, we had all the investors and everything like that. Kind of everything was pretty much signed, sealed, delivered and, and everything yeah. was kind of steaming ahead. Um, and then we just had the hard conversations in relation to we're going to go ahead with this um, because we believe that in X, X amount of time, everything's going to come back and the opportunity lost is more um, detrimental than, than the risk um, that we would be taking on over that period of time as well. So yeah. um, I guess the only real risk for us was the the site and the rent on that site and and things around that that building um again the outlay of of, of a, a new um canning line and brewery and all this type of stuff we needed that anyway yeah so we weighed up the risk uh and we just said yep let's just let's just do it like it's we just put put everything on it and um and it's come out the other side absolutely better than we ever expected mm. it's it is an amazing uh, amazing site and mm. you know even before the um the bar opened the 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 space where the the, the two sort of sections of the building where the the brewery and the packaging hall are are just stunning you know, i haven't that, seen the brewery because the, I, I i i was absent you, but you're a brewer you're supposed I am, to but uh, i had to brew <laughs> back that sort of shit out so. i was handling the dry hop back at bh2 on the collab day so. <laughs> so. and so but it's but it's but it's bloody beautiful like the the the, the murals that are on the the wall yeah. that are all sort of covered and protected now and um the, the wooden ceiling and the trusses and the stainless steel just looks amazing in there and mm. um it's did you so... guys have much in terms of the, the design the murals and the taproom design and whatnot did you guys have sort of much influence over that or they kind of had the, well, the murals for... are the heritage listed ones mate yeah, yeah we, no, I understand that. I understand that. Yeah. I'm but just saying. They were just, big, they were just big open rooms. Yeah. Um, so originally they were, they were cold rooms from, from Hans. So it was basically when the developers, they didn't even know so what the actual walls looked like. Yeah. Um, yeah, they wow. started pulling down all, all this cold panel and revealed wow. all, these, all these structural fantastic beams and timber <clears> ceilings <throat> and murals and, and all this amazing brickwork and, and engineering um, huh. design and things like that. And they were just flabbergasted. And when you walked in there, you just, it's not the ideal layout. Um, you'd love a big open room just to facilitate flow and, and all that kind of stuff. But we designed it the best way we possibly could for those spaces because we knew how special it was it was yeah um, and from a from a sort of production design point of view maddie what what was what was that like for you was that exciting to kind of go into that space and upgrade the equipment and whatnot oh it was awesome so obviously mm. the equipment is a massive or big upgrade from what we had so what uh, so what, what did you have and, and what did you get we had a 15 heck uh spark system two vessel two vessel um yeah. so actually i think i spoke to govs um when this sort of first come up and come down and had a look at your brewery. Um, and I think at the time that was one of the first in Australia. 
the so alpha. The alpha, yeah. Yeah. So we're looking at different sort of brewery suppliers. We looked at four or five in the end. Um, Is your first one Chianti one? The Spark. Oh, sorry, Spark. You said that, yeah. Spark. Yeah. Um, so yeah, obviously weighed up the options and that sort of stuff, and then that one sort of come out in front. Um, yeah. Sort of what we wanted. We ended up getting a four vessel. It's about half the size of your one. 30 yeah. barrel this, which sort of suits what we're doing. Um, but that's it's pretty good fun as a brewer getting to choose a brewery and mm. I don't want this, I want this, I want this. Get a was few. that the um was that the <laughs> first brewery that you designed and built? First first brewery build project, Matty? Yeah, pretty much. So when I got to rocks, I'd already chosen the mash filter. Yeah. Um, I just had to work out how to use it. Um and then the first That's all right, you had to work out how to use a lot of ton again. I remember yeah. that when you started brewing it bloody at River 1.0. Yeah, 1.0. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Jay had already worked that out with Spark, um, who helped design the one in Malimba. Mm. But this time, yeah, I got to choose the brewery and then Flex and I sort of picked up tanks, moved them around the space. Mm. Uh, if we had mm. our time again, we'd probably reconfigure it slightly where the brew house and stuff is. Yeah. But it's mostly all sort of there. And then, so you got uh, seventy hec tanks in there, or yeah, seventy. So they're double yeah. size. We mm-hmm. got five, and then a bright. So the next thing to do is put in another bright, and then some bigger tanks. Yeah, right. It's and actually got... it steps down a level down to the um, packaging room. So what, what's your what's your current annual uh, output potential? <laughs> We're looking. Oh, the potential I think out of there is a bit of a million. Yeah. Um, and you got more space for more tanks, or yeah, we yeah. got it. We can fit another three triple tanks down the bottom. Oh, nice. Yeah, that'll get a bit more capacity. Um, Just sort of the end of this year, we're getting close to turning that brewery over. We're running probably about 70 to 80% at the moment. Mm. Yeah, right. Yeah. So you think maybe maybe next year, some more tanks? In the new year, we'll be looking at putting in more tanks. So, but yeah, we've got an alpha canning line. So that's five head, does about specced at 50 cans a minute, but it runs at about 40. Yeah. Um, So yeah, it's all sort of there. Mm -hmm. Um, we run up and stairs a bit between the two, <laughs> keeps us fit. <laughs> That's why Matty wears all the singlets all the time, just to, to show. Right. Yeah. We, have, we have a question about the singlets, actually. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was from Lee, I think. Yeah. <laughs> it gets hot in the brewery. You'd know that, Dan. Yeah, mate. I mean, I've, I've got this, but I, I, I don't wear it all the time because it does get warm. Our, our brewery face is wet, so it's your... Flano in Brisbane, I found. One day. This is this flannel is for photos. (laughs) (laughs) Certainly where they come from though in New Zealand, you need them all year round, pretty much in Canterbury. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Have we got any um, questions for the boys at all? Yeah, I mean, look, look, to be honest, there's not too many serious questions in here, but we, that's we, all right. That's we, we're teaching them to shit post, mate. So yeah. far away. Yeah, we taught them to shit post, and now we're fucking regretting it. Yeah. Um, well, Simpo, our it. first investor, wanted to know about how how the building came about, but we, we've um, answered that. Although he said, "Were the limitations?" I oh, said, "The place looks incredible. Congratulations." Were the limitations in terms of sort of heritage listed in terms of what you could do there? Yeah, definitely. There was um, I'm just gonna a, a, bit. a long, yeah, I'll have more. Um, yeah, long process with heritage types of uh, types of buildings. Um, basically, need to kind of grab them by the hand and walk them through exactly what you're doing um, as general DA types of processes, as you probably know, Dan, and, and pretty much every other brewer out there. There's a bit of a misalignment for everything. Um, mm. it's, it's the same um, across that type of department, also. 
Uh, but so you, do you have you have an architect working for you or yeah you yeah, be, media, have, BDI or... yeah architect and everything like that. But because of the building, because it's not our building, um, the developers themselves had their own architect and also right. um, yeah. started the process with heritage on that side of things to actually do stuff for that site. Um, so yeah, there were very much limitations um, in relation to that needed to keep things certain. Um, spacings off walls uh for visual aspects all that kind of stuff um fixings were supposed are all done to spec based upon the heritage um and all that type of bits and pieces so if you, in our tap room if you look at the way that it's designed um 90 of everything is off the walls so we've got corridors that run back down around the toilets um and also through the kitchen area and things like that yeah. as well just to um get that remain get that building structures off walls so people can see the brick and inspect it and go through that whole entire kind of heritage process as well so uh, majority of that was was figured out with uh with the developers yeah. um but again, it, it, putting our BA and, and everything like that and the DA in for the tap room was probably the most um, tedious one. And is there any kind, was there any kind of major compromises in there or was it just kind of, you know, you had to do things slightly differently? Uh, no, not really. It was just slightly different. Yeah. Um, so the main factor is, is that no walls are straight. So yeah. during the build and everything, things tweaked and we had to move bits and pieces around and, and all that kind of stuff to line everything up. Um, but it's a hundred plus year old building. You would expect all that type of stuff as well. So yeah, yeah that's kind of like the main. main it's area. like Hendo. You're just not quite sure if it's straight or not. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Sorry. Sorry, all right. Okay. Um, <laughs> so i just want you to know that uh the uh the tiles in the bathroom in the bathrooms in the tap room yes is where I, is actually this i think i've got pretty much the same tiles going in my new bathroom in my flat oh yeah bluestone did, huh bluestone or the 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 ones on the wall or the ones on the floor yeah the dark colored ones yeah there's two the natural there's natural stone on the wall and then tiles on the floor yeah yeah. What are you working with, yes. Endo? The, the natural, <laughs> just the grey coloured ones. Yeah. I'm an I'm, I'm an amateur at this, so yeah, I'm just going to say yep. Yeah. Say lexicon. <laughs> say lexicon. Yeah. It's, it's the only lexicon. Word lexicon half. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. All right. So Chris Wood says uh, serious question, which is nice because I guess you assume it's going to be a shit question. Um, <laughs> I'd love to know more about your awesome recipe development process. What is the process for coming up with recipes? Uh, do you sit around tables, select a style, flavors, and match ingredients to suit several pilot batches, etc.? That's a good question. Yeah, yeah that's a good question. Um, Starts with four four IPAs. <laughs> that's where the beer ideas come from. <laughs> I guess when you've been doing it for a fair while, um, you're just you're basically just repeating your process. Um, so we sit down each Monday now and have a design meeting and come up with. The beers are going to brew over the next couple of months. Who, go, who goes to that meeting? Um, there's four or five of us now. Mm. So it used to be quite ad hoc where it was me back and forward with Jay on email and then occasionally someone else would get involved depending what it was. Um, so we've tried to formalise it a little bit because we're pulling a hair out with the process. Mm. So mm. we actually dedicate at least an hour a week to it to sit down and go through the next release of beers. Um, 
And is it just brewers? No, it's not. No, it's um, cross section. I re- obviously represent the brewing team. There's Flex from the sales, Jay, and then a couple of others. So we sort of have someone from each department of the brewery. Um, and then we have a designer who does all the artwork and stuff. So we ping off an email to him each week based on what we're trying to do. Mm. Um, but then in terms of the recipes, sort of depending on the beer, like we brew a lot of sours now. Um, I've spoken on our podcast, the base beer or the process is almost the same each time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's coming up with the, like the fruit or whatever. So it does what it says on the can. So Flex is drinking a strawberry and cream at the moment. Well, he was. I was. So we do a lot of stuff like that. Um, yeah, that's fun. So you're like, all right, we got the sour. So how do we make it a strawberry and cream? So that one's obviously a lot of strawberries. Then you put a lot of lactose in it. So it does what it says. And then we do a mango macadamia. So that's basically that beer is excellent. In a mango um, weiss bar. How the fuck do you uh, get macadamias in a beer? you got to stand there and roast a lot of macadamias mm. and then dip them into the tank. Mm. Bullshit. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> was this a serious question? <laughs> that, was a, that was the audio equivalent of a shit most <laughs> I could just stand, see you standing around a fucking open fire roasting yeah, macadamias. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Part of um, the challenge um, coming up with all these beers is to actually source the ingredients. Mm. Um, so macadamia we find a company that um turns it into a syrup for us so they oh, go okay. process and then it's basically a syrup so the mango is a puree the macadamia is a syrup and then it's got a little bit of coconut which is a um it comes as a puree as well mm. yeah, that's um, a delicious beer mm. <clears throat> so we, we recently did a margarita gosa so i had to find agave which was quite yeah. challenging so i found Health food shops sell like agave syrup that you, for whatever reason, use it as sweetener or whatever it is. Yeah. So we found their supplier and contacted them direct. <laughs> up ordering like 400 kilos of agave or something. Straight from Mexico. That sounds expensive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But to answer the question, I guess based on what you've already done, you've sort of got an idea of base recipes and then um, you sort of tweak it from there. So we do a lot of single hot beers as well. Yeah. So the base beer for that's almost always the same, mm. just how you utilize the different hops. So we, did, we just did one with Eclipse, which is a new Australian hop. Yeah, that was the one that fucked my no hop member. <laughs> oh, yeah, that definitely would have. <laughs> so that, that came that out pretty banging. well. Like a hop like that is really high alpha, so it's like 19 alpha acid. So for the brewers out there, Dan, that's very – if you use a lot of it in the brew, it'd be quite bitter. I, I do, yeah. No, you're yeah. right. <laughs> so we, we put just but not little... so much in the dry hop, Dan. Yeah, but you know that. But about, you know all about dry hopping. I know all about that. I don't know what are you, what are you guys doing? It's not a, it's not a coach Dan how to brew fucking show. Okay, <laughs> he's got that coming. He's got the plano, man. Fuck. But um, I guess we've still only got two brewers, so I don't really have time to pilot brew and do all that sort of stuff. So mm. basically, you put your balls on the line and just go all right and making it. Yeah. It's, it's a fucking, it's a stressful job. And I know you're going to laugh when I say that because I'm saying as if it's my job, but yeah. it is just, it's like the, the weights on your shoulders, isn't it? You, you know, you, you, you put the, you put the idea out there in many times before you even can taste the final product. So it's just like, holy shit. I hope it's going to be good. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's now, tough, man. Now because- you've got to come up with something that's like, uh, you like, especially if you're going to brew something like, you know, 70 heck of the bloody thing, like, mm. like they, they do at Revel, um, that's a massive risk. You know, you just can't, you can't mess that up. Mm. Particularly now, we in, 
a sales guy or whoever it might be has an idea that makes it through the design process. And then you have to sort of get into someone's head and work out what they were thinking when they come up with that beer idea. Yeah. So that, that's probably the most challenging one for me. If it's your own idea, you sort of obviously have a concept of what you're going for. But someone else has gone, all right, let's make this a fucking peach iced tea sour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Wait, so, didn't you just do one of those? I did. That, yeah. was, one of the, that, was, <laughs> that was a stitch probably up. the biggest stitch up here. <laughs> Stop shit posting. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. This is the um the staff equivalent of shit posting is asking for a beer that no one else wants to make. We've got, yeah. we've got a, a fucking sour worm. Uh, sour for one of our staff beers and Gus is like, yeah, come on, I don't want. I'm not, I'm not fucking <laughs> do you mean that. like the lollies? You mean like yeah. the lollies? Yeah, the yeah. sour snakes. Yeah, Whatever. holy moly, that's uh, pretty interesting. Yeah, mm. but you know, you got to do it. It's it like a Gabs beer to me. It does. It, it does sounds like a like Corumbin Valley Gabs beer. But yeah, yeah. Um, I, I've got more questions here, but I've got a question because you mentioned your podcast. Um. I saw on my little feed, it popped up again. You, you kind of, you've got a lot of episodes on there, but you had a bit of a break and then you, you're back doing it. Um, we started off yeah. with, I guess, the Revel Brewing show. Yeah. Which we did once a month. Yep. So it was a bit more of a formal podcast, I guess. We normally have, I think Hendo's been on it once or twice. So we'd try and pull a guest on for that once mm-hmm. a month and discuss different topics based on sort of who they were. Um, we had like some bar owners, different people in the industry, that sort of thing. Yeah. And basically when COVID struck, we couldn't do it anymore. Um, so we're like, fuck, what can we do now to sort of still get the word out there about um, the beers releasing and that sort of thing? So I sort of came up with the concept, why don't we just sit down, me and Flex, casually have a beer um, and just chat about it. So that's what it's become. It's a beer with the brewer. Nice. Um, some are a bit sort of more expansive than others. <laughs> Can we get the budget to the splash? Yeah. You can probably <laughs> notice the the, the, the no 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 expense spared uh, one on the, on, the, yeah. on the margarita goes on. So, um, but we have had a few people on that as well. So we, we mm. do do quite a few collab beers. So mm-hmm. um, we've just brewed the birthday beer. So we're talking to Galvezetti, Smokey, and Hendo about coming down to do a podcast with all of us about that. Nice. So that one's obviously a bit bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, we're doing it at the Oxenden Tavern, mate. No, I think it's going to be at the Bavarian Beer House, isn't it? So we're going to have a Stein. At Coomera? Yeah. Yeah, sweet. Well, we can I'll work out that. That, <laughs> <laughs> that yeah, sounds but, good. Cheers for the invite, but go on. No, you're, you're welcome. <laughs> you can think, make the brew day. So I think I you're think brewing. You're <laughs> yeah, I'm brewing that day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I keep it going. I think it's awesome. The more, more podcasts... Um, and then, yeah, sometimes it's just me and Flex in the beer garden. Other times, yeah, if we can rope someone in, we'll sit there and I guess they're a bit more involved. Yeah, I think yeah, it's just it's just getting out there, explaining the beer to the punters, and just just having a good time, kind of thing through that whole entire Corona process that everyone had to go through. So it was just yeah, it's just kind of connecting to the community. Nice, I love it. I think the more content from people who are making the product you know directly from you like that's i think it's a it's a it's there's not enough of it i don't think so i think it's good good on you um there's more there's another question here from chris wood which is i i never like asking this answering this question because you just get asked this all the time and i never have a good answer but we'll see if you guys do 
if you if you had to drink one beer for the rest of your life, what is it and why? Oh, that question. Yeah, it's always the fresh <laughs> one. You, I think you touched on it before. <laughs> the reason why you've gone through the no hop member. Um, Bintang. <laughs> Bintang. <laughs> Never get fatigued. <laughs> yeah. It's got some great memories. Pills no beer. Slang on a tropical island uh, drinking Bintang. <laughs> I All think right, so. This is a shit posting version of an answer. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think. I mean, from from what I've drunk over the course, it's like there's two beers out of that really stick in my mind. Um, was one was the our Russian Imperial Stout from 2019. I don't think you can drink that forever. Wow. Jesus Christ! This, this is going to be a fun <laughs> time. Good, give it a good crack, hey! <laughs> but we barrel aged it in a Shiraz barrel, and um. Yeah. Like, I that was the, I think that was the first Russian Imperial that we did, wasn't it? Yeah, it might have been. Brew. Yeah, and I've I'd never really kind of drunk um, a Russian Imperial before, and I think it was not was it nine percent? I think it was ten. Ten, yeah, ten percent. Um, before we put it into the barrel, and then who knows what it came out at afterwards. Um, but I'd never I'd I'd never really drank uh, such a complex style of beer before and then we put it into the barrel um and it just transformed it into something absolutely mind-blowing for for me um and that's that's a beer that i drank a lot of in the start of 2020 mm. <laughs> through, the, through the start of the covid period <laughs> um but it just it really stood out in relation to the whole entire complexity of it transferring it into a barrel barrel aging it and then what it actually came out as, because I think that was one of the first barrel aged beers that we did. Yeah, I think it was. Um, and just where are your barrels? Uh, they were from the Smidge Winery Smidge down in McLaren. McLaren Vale. But are they at the at the Rivermakers? Oh, we've got those barrels are still at Oxford Street. Now we've oh, got yeah. some new ones at Rivermakers. Yeah. Nice. The Baza program is still um, developing. Yeah, Baza. I know the Baza. I love it. I love it. It's a very Australian way to talk about barrels. You just call it Bazas. Years into the World Beer Cup, and one of them is a Baza aged Imperial Stout. Ah, I love it. Get out. Judging that. Did you enter the World Beer Cup? Yes. Shit, eh? Got to be in that. Judging it currently. No, I think it's in March. So, I've sent. Yeah, we've got. A barrel full of it in an in a starwood barrel. Next oh, nice! Barrel. Yeah, so should be interesting. Very good. Well, I wasn't expecting that answer as the beer yeah. to drink for the rest of your life, but I absolutely love good answer. My mind. Also, the margarita goes was pretty bang on as well. <laughs> I feel like margaritas, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I could I could sit on this for a fair while. All right. What about you, Maddie? Oh, I like as you mate. I don't I don't really know how to answer it. Like, yeah. Oh, do you drink your pale ale or something like that? I, I mean, yeah. I, I'm, it's, I'm not being interviewed here, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he refuses to answer this question. I'm having a pale ale at the moment, so I'll go with that. Okay, all right. Hendo, what's your right. answer to that question? What's the question? Oh, it's like, is it is it the Desert Island beer question? Yes. Or? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Um. Just wear a hat, Hendo, if you're on a desert island. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I've got yeah, my yeah. I got my brewcop bucket hat, mate. Yeah, well, hydrated anyway. Internet, mate. Um, it would have to be something um quite uh easy drinking, but with enough complexity that you wouldn't get bored of it. Mm. Um, 
And I would say that probably Stonewall Pacifica <laughs> will be up there. Those that know me well know that I'm quite partial to a Pacific Ale. Mm. Um, some sort of um, some sort of Hellas would be up there as well. I would say uh, probably an Augustina Hellas. What do you reckon, Matty? Mm, that's a nice beer, definitely. Mm. Um, and um, uh, that that'd be it. That'd be it for me. Mm. Nice, good answers. All right. Well, that's three out of four, so that's good. Let's move on. Some smoke beers for you, Dan. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Some Grudzinitskis or whatever the we're, fuck we're making. We're making a Grudzinitski. We're just got to talk to Govs. I'm down at. I'm down there Monday week. I'm going to talk to Govs about yeah. that. Okay. Shit, so. Well, maybe in this in this catch up that you guys are doing that I'm not invited to, you could bring this up in conversation. I don't know. Well, that's actually the same week. So, <laughs> so it's actually the day after I'm visiting yours. So, uh, mm-hmm. so it's happening. It's on. All right, it's on Grudzinitski. Wait, is is it a is it a, a boss and the brewer podcast collab with Black Ops? Is that is that what we're doing? <laughs> Yes, you might know, you might know how to pull a few strings. We've been there. talking about this for weeks, Dan. We've got to make this Grodzitski. It's fa- I'm fast. I'm intrigued by it. I want to make one. I'm keen, Dan. I'm keen. I told you. Yeah. Talk to Gus. I've got I've got <laughs> Michael Michael from Poland who's sorting us out with a with a with a recipe and that sort of thing. So okay, we're all set. We just need to find oak smoke malt. Oh, good luck with that. Yeah. <clears throat> we'll figure that out. All right, now Lee McAllister Smiley, who's let's be honest, a bit of a fucking troll. Um, <laughs> that's when he's sober <laughs> you should see him hammered man he's hilarious oh, <laughs> what a um his question is will maddie ever not wear a singlet well i'd probably not okay <laughs> he's from victoria and is it a singlet or a tank top maddie that's more of a tank top isn't it more of a tank top yeah whatever sleeveless do you just cut the sleeves off a shirt? Is that what's going on there? Yes. It's actually custom made for me now. Yeah. Wow. He That's cuts the sleeves shit. off shirts too. I remember back in the brew cult days, gave him one of the big fucking oversized. It looked like, what was it? What color was it? Was it the orange one? Hey? Orange. It was the orange one. Yeah. So he looked like the bloody orange wiggle. <laughs> and um, first thing he does is he cuts the sleeves off it. And I think he cut the bloody thing off and turned it into a midriff, I reckon. No, I don't know about that. I think it was yeah. that. <laughs> I don't know about that either. I don't think there is an orange wiggle. I watch a lot of that shit. That was, <laughs> was the Gabs one year. That was, that was Gabs, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 2015 Gabs, that was, when all that shit came out. So yeah. Luke Miller says, everyone knows zero alcohol beers are fucking shite. Oh, well, I should read these questions before I put them on. The <laughs> <laughs> all right. And will die like Sony mini discs. But Matthew Cuthbert's light beer was a huge success over the weekend. Should we only brew light beers from now on? Which light uh, beer is this? The Rivermaker light. How light is it? 2.8. 2. 2.8. So okay. to answer his question is no, we won't make light beers from now on. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He, the but, second part of this question is actually not a bad one. What? Seriously, uh, I don't know why everyone says seriously at the start of these questions, but um, maybe because they're serious. <laughs> no, yeah. yeah. serious um, cat is serious. This whole this whole thing is serious. Yeah, it says, "What is the perfect ABV for the designated driver who likes real beer without being branded a recovering alco?" Wow, I should read these before. What sort of question <laughs> is that? <laughs> Before Flex says a 10% Imperial Stout, does anyone yeah. want to answer this? Personally, I think a 3.5% mid-strength. A midi, yeah. So that yeah. in a schooner is about one standard drink. 
So you can have, as a driver, if you go somewhere a couple of hours, you can have two in the first hour, one after that, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that's easy enough to keep track of. And you can definitely make a good, um, that's what Flex has got now, three and a half percent session ale, or basically an XBA. Yeah. That's got plenty of flavor. Still tastes like you're drinking a beer. Yeah. And the excise is cheaper. Mm. Yeah, true. Well, have you guys delved much into the low alk or, or no, no alk kind of uh, well, thing? Up until the River Makers Light, the three and a half was the lowest. Yeah. Um, I'm more of a make an Imperial Stout type of guy. Yeah. yeah so that's what, that's what I was going to ask you. How did you feel about making uh, brewing River River Makers Light? That, uh, that's very out of character for you, I Matthew. Did everything I could to get out of it. <laughs> 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 dig those dig those heels in going oh, yeah. oh, no we need to do this oh we've got this issue it's, oh, yeah, it's, okay. it's, it's, it's a tap only for that, that, <laughs> that restaurant there because there isn't a huge amount of public transport and a lot of people have to have to have drive, to drive. Yeah. um at the time for, for the time being um down the track there'll be access to public transport um there but for the time being we felt it would be responsible um for us to to give give the punters an option to be able to come and have a couple of beers, enjoy it, delve right into the experience of, of being there um, and, and still be able to safely drive drive home. So, Does it sell well at the tap room? Yes, it yes. does. <laughs> to Maddie's demise. <laughs> <laughs> and, and overall, how, how is the, the tap room going now that it's open? Um, yeah, it's fantastic. It's it's going better than we expected. So um, I think I think the journey over the last well since August last year when we started brewing out of there um, has brought light to who we are, what we do, um, and I think we've built like another a community of waiting for us to to come and visit of of what we're kind of reinvigorating there. So as soon as the doors came open, like bang, hundred percent booked out mm. and consistently. And we had to turn people away on, unfortunately. Um, and so I think this is our third weekend. Um, fully booked, fully booked, fully booked. Wow. That's yeah. You amazing. almost turned us away. It was pretty funny. That guy, the guy at the front there was pretty full on. He was, he was onto it. They're pretty right. serious. <laughs> With that mustache. Yeah. 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 I get turned away from lots of venues. Normally, breweries, I'm pretty safe. <laughs> All right. Well, congratulations on everything. Um, I think it's awesome what you guys have done, and especially on the new brewery. It's incredible and um, well done. Hendo, you got any final questions or just? Oh no, well, I just want to say, go, you know, like um, it's a, it's it's. I think it's very early on in the in the Revel Brewing Company's you know history, and I really really look forward to. Uh, what happens in in the coming um, months and years for Rebel? Uh, I'm I'm a fan. And uh, before you go, I, I can't believe you haven't commented on me had a war for you. I, I just the first thing that I fucking noticed, and I've been trying <laughs> not to comment on the Wyman cat. <laughs> right? And uh, you know how you know how much we're into our Wyman um, merchandise and apparel. Absolutely. <laughs> Do I need one of those? What's what's happening right now? Yes, yes, yeah. you definitely need a Wyman cap. Oh yeah. Okay. Now here's the go, Dan. If, when you become, and I know this is going to happen in the future, right? It is every brewer's uh, aspiration mm-hmm. to earn a Wyman red and yellow jumpsuit. Yeah, it'd be on your vision okay. board at the moment. 
it's, it's got to be on your, it, you need to put this on your vision board tomorrow at the office, right? Yeah. So how you get a Wyman uh, red and yellow uh, jumpsuit is you have to win, is it a trophy or a gold medal? Gold medal. Gold beer. medal. You, have to, you have to win a gold medal in an international class competition with a beer that's made with 90% or more wine and malt. Is that sound yeah. right? Is there any yeah. dry hop requirement or? You can hop it however you fucking however the fuck you want, right? But it's got to be brewed with ninety percent plus Wyman malt, right? Can we do Uh, that with the Grzynski? We might be able to do that with the Grzynski. Game on! Now we're talking. I'll need to check in with the the suppliers on that. So, all right, to get oak smoke malt, but uh, yeah, that might be pretty good. So, so the Royal Queensland Show, which we're going to win a medal for our Grzynski at that. that that's not an international competition, but the ARBAs will be a cup, uh, you know, all that sort of thing. Uh, that's that's where you got to win, win the um, thing. So we can send the really hard to the get. Abers. We can get our grudge. We can rebrew it for the Abers, I think. Yep. So let's give it a red hot go, mate. Can you not? Yeah, I want. I want, I want that. I want that Wyman <laughs> jumpsuit. And if I have to win it with you, I'm I'm fucking doing it. I don't care. Wow, don't make it sound so bad no, winning it with me. There's no, there's no better one. No better <laughs> around that you'd be able to. Because Maddie, Maddie and I have tried. We we we've tried and and not succeeded. You know, we've, if, we've if we do it together, Hendo, you yes. will never fucking hear the end of this. <laughs> the end of your days. <laughs> you will wish you had an eleven percent imperial stout on your deserted island because you, you would just be sick. Yeah, just 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 knock me out. <laughs> Um, so Maddie and I have tried because we did the uh, Requiem Pilsner at uh, at Southern Bay back in the day to try and get a uh, a Wyman uh, jumpsuit, and we've got we've both got a really good relationship with the crew at Wyman, and they won't just fucking give you one, no matter how friendly you are with them. That they are they are really coveted. Yeah, that's it. you. You I have to be a really good brewer to get one. What about the hat? Spent about three years ago of changing. Three of my beer recipes to 100% Vyman just answer them. Yeah, <laughs> I was I was sure the pale I was going to win a gold, but I think it's. Still- I, I I'm I'm in, I feel in, I felt inspired since 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 we went to Bamberg, Maddie, and um and we stayed at that Airbnb where my bedroom window overlooked the wire the Vyman maltings, mm. and I was like I'm I'm I just need the jumpsuit. That's yeah. it. I think the hat side down. You just you need to work there to get one. Work at a brewery, or yeah. Well, Maddie uh, had to lift up, lift a fifty kilo bag of malt because you know how oh. malt comes in twenty five kilo bags. So Maddie lift lifted I, a fifty kilo that. bag of malt. Lifted a lot of those bags, as you know. Yeah, but the fifty, <laughs> no, the fifty kilo bags that they only sent to Russia, which Maddie tried to get sent to Australia so that he could. Still, I've seen him lift one. As if the, popped out of as his, if the twenty five k bag is not enough of a health and safety risk. Yeah. 25kg bags of pussies. Whoa! <laughs> as, as he says that with his fucking guns right out the front. Like that. That's, That's yeah. why he has no sleeves. I'll <laughs> <laughs> <Up> put <with> him in. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Well, thanks, boys. Good times. Okay. Cheers, Good legends. Thank you very much for having us on. Yeah. We'll see you guys soon. Cheers. Right. Cheers. 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 Cheers.